You've tuned into the Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to the Dr. Lowe Show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dr. Lowe Show. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, and this is going to be a little bit of a different episode. I normally, as you guys know, do mostly interviews with guests, but I'm in such a unique, fun time of my life right now, which is wrapping up my first pregnancy, and I just felt like it would be something that would be probably of interest to you guys to hear a little bit of what I have been doing to help keep it healthy during my pregnancy, just different habits and um, practices, just little things that I've been doing, keeping myself healthy personally. And then once the babe comes, I'll share different things that I did that helped to keep him healthy. Because I think it's important, you know, when you're pregnant to do things for yourself that keep you in a really great place. Isn't it funny how it's so common where, you know, women, as soon as they get pregnant, they start to clean it up. But a lot of these different practices I did do prior to getting pregnant, but a few in particular really helped with a lot of the symptoms that that can come along with pregnancy, um, especially like early on with nausea and stuff like that. And especially later on when you can start to get tired in your third trimester and just start to kind of slow down. Um, So I wanted to just jump in. I have 10 tips, 10 different practices or habits that I've been doing for myself personally that I felt like really made a big difference. So let's just jump into it. So let's see. I don't really have these in any particular order. I guess I'll start with the basics. One would be obviously lots and lots of water. So especially in pregnancy, you want to drink a lot more water than what you normally would because it really helps to prevent swelling, especially in the third trimester. So what I do to help stay consistent with water is I keep a big, huge mason jar of water on my nightstand. So as soon as I wake up, I just chug that down. I don't even know how many ounces this is. It's probably at least 20 ounces. I'm take some right now. Ugh, so good. The kind of water I drink is actually alkaline um, mineral water. I get it here from a local place in Carlsbad. Um, if you don't have access to great water in your area, there's a few different sources that you could do. One would be to get a reverse osmosis filter. You can get those either for your whole house, which is quite pricey, or you could do one just for your, uh, for your sink. So either if you own or rent, you can get certain kinds that are, um, you know, totally work for the type of sink that you have. Um, the, what's important if you do reverse osmosis is it does take out all of the minerals as well. So you do want to add a few drops of trace minerals. Um, a really great brand is called Concentrace. And in the show notes, I'll leave different links to these different products and stuff, but you can add a few drops into that and the dosage is on the bottle. Um, So that would be a good one. There's also a Berkey filter, which is a filter that you can put on your countertop and um, just fill water into it and it filters for you. So that's a great option if you um, rent and don't own and you don't want to, you know, be drilling in your sink and stuff like that. Um, And the filter, what I actually did early in the pregnancy is I had a whole house water filter installed in the house. Um, I got that through Aquasana. And what's great about Aquasana is you can call them and tell them where you live. And then they will look at the water that is supplied to your area and give you suggestions on what kind of filter you want to do. Cause every, every, you know, location is different on what 
kinds of sources of water you're having sent to you from, you, you guys might think your water is pretty clean, but if you actually look at the um, Environmental Working Group web- website, so it's ewg.org slash tapwater, you can put your zip code in there and see what kind of water is delivered to your area. And for San Diego, it's pretty dang toxic. So I um, had them do, you know, some really kind of advanced filters and everything. So that was something I saved up to do. I actually did it on Black Friday. I bought that. Um, so, but you don't have to do a whole house water filter. You could get one just for your sink. And Aquasana has some really great ones for that as well. So I'll put a link in the show notes. You guys can get a discount if you do. I do have an affiliate link with them. So you can get um, a little bit of a discount with that. Also too is... Um, what's just as important as your water filter for drinking is your shower filter. So if you think about it, uh, everything that you breathe goes right into your bloodstream. So if you're in a shower and it's creating this vapor form of this toxic water, you're going to be breathing that in and actually delivers right to your bloodstream even faster than drinking water. So both are, are very important in order to keep it clean. So that would be the first thing would be just good quality water And, um, so I try to drink like big, like three big Mason jars a day. I'll do it first thing in the morning. And then when I would be seeing patients at work, I would, um, when I would get to the office, I would fill that up and I would drink that for my, you know, kind of morning shift. And then lunchtime, I would usually try to fill it up again. So I'd have like two big Mason jars while I was at work. And then usually at the end of the day, I would sip on one, um, you know, to kind of finish it out. So like three to four a day, I did pretty good with all that. So the second thing I would say would be just really good nutrition. I tend to try to keep it healthy even when I'm not pregnant, but, um, and by the way, I'm totally like <laughs> probably sounding short of breath cause I'm six days from my due date as I'm recording this. So, um, so yeah, it's real. At least the baby's drops. I do. I, I am able to breathe a little bit better now, but I'm also fighting a little bit of a, um, some, uh, sinus congestion. So excuse me if I sound kind of funny. But um, the second thing is nutrition. One thing in particular that I didn't do that great in the beginning was having enough protein. So I normally weigh probably like 160 to 170. I'm like 5'9". I'm definitely like, you know, a curvier build. And that's, that's a good weight for me. When I was in pregnancy, so I think I started pregnancy at 170, like 175, something like that. And I got up to like 220. Um, which I don't know what I am now. I haven't really stressed it too much because it's been really a healthy amount for myself and, you know, for my, my frame and everything. And my OB was really, um, you know, not worried about anything. And, um, but I wasn't doing enough protein. So I was getting a little bit swollen. I was finding, so I actually have to do a hundred plus grams of protein a day, like 110 grams. When I started upping that, and that's hard to reach, by the way. If you're not really sure how much protein you're having, if you just use like a MyFitnessPal app and start to track it, you'll see it really takes some effort to get that high in protein. But as soon as I started doing that, all my swelling went away. So you do need that amount of protein to help keep um, you know, water congestion from happening or water retention from happening. So that would be one is just good quality proteins. Now in pregnancy, your blood volume it doubles. And so what happens is you end up becoming a lot more diluted in terms of how much iron you have. So you do need to have some good iron sources of protein in your diet. So, you know, grass fed beef, bison, uh, lamb, these are all great sources and probably a lot more than what you think. Honestly, a lot of my patients will be like, I'm, I'm having a couple of steaks a week. And it's like, you need to up that or, or take an iron supplement, which we'll get to supplements in a second. So lots of protein. 
Um, that also is really important for helping to keep blood sugar stable. So, you know, the two, the, the, the three most important things to keep blood sugar stable, and this is important in pregnancy, is protein, fat, and fiber. So if you have a good amount of that with each meal, you're going to be doing really, really well. So if you're having a meal with, you know, a good source of um, protein with iron, like I just mentioned, having a good source of fat, like maybe olives or avocado or nuts or seeds, um, these are going to be, you know, butter. These are going to really help to keep your blood sugar nice and stable and obviously fiber. So things like, um, you know, beans, if you tolerate beans, vegetables, fruit, those are going to have the fiber rich sources and all of that really helps to keep your blood sugar nice and stable so you don't crash. It's a little bit hard in the first trimester because it's really typical just to crave carbohydrates. I think that our bodies um, kind of intuitively don't want to do as many animal products in our first trimester just because in case of infections, I think our bodies just naturally want to do more carbohydrates to keep us kind of protected in that way. Um, So it's tricky. So there are ways you can add in some protein. Like if you're maybe doing some oatmeal, you could add in some, you know, like um, maybe an egg into the oatmeal or you can do butter. You could add in some coconut oil, maybe some nuts or seeds, protein powder, things like that to really up the amount of um, fat and protein in that, even though you're still getting your carb fix. So, um, so yeah, so those, those are all definitely good suggestions throughout pregnancy. Another thing I did in terms of nutrition is really kept my um, essential fatty acids high. So lots of good quality, um, seafood, you know, like wild salmon. Um, also I'm actually a really big fan of sardines. I know that most people aren't a big fan, but I love sardines. I love oysters. Um, I do, you know, canned sources of those pretty frequently as well as I found a really good source of tuna. I'll put this in the show notes for you guys too. It's, it's by vital choice and tuna is notoriously high for having mercury. So because it's such a huge fish, it, it eats all the smaller fish, it bioaccumulates all the mercury from the smaller fish, and then it ends up having a lot in its, in its own um, body. And so when you eat tuna, you're getting a lot of that in your system. Well, from Vital Choice, they have baby tuna bellies. So the tuna aren't big enough to accumulate all of that. And you're getting so much essential fatty acids. Like one can of that is six grams of fish oil, which is like crazy high. So, um, you know, most like supplement companies will do like maybe a thousand milligrams, which is 6,000 or 1000 milligrams, which is like a a one sixth of one can. So if you're doing one can, you're getting like six times the dose of most fish oil companies. It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, so if you have a couple of those a week, you're going to be doing pretty good in terms of getting some good fish oil in there. Um, and then I, other, just last thing with nutrition is I just listen to my cravings. Typically, I'm not a big dairy person, but definitely early, my, my first trimester as well as my third trimester, I craved a lot of um, dairy. So I ended up drinking um, goat milk. So I tried to find raw goat milk where I could, but goat milk was something that I really craved um, as well as Greek yogurt. Um, I tried to get the full fat kind and, uh, and unsweetened for sure. So those were foods that I just really, really wanted. My body was definitely craving more calcium. And actually when I talk a little bit later about lab testing, I did end up getting blood work that showed that I had low calcium. So it made a lot of sense. And once I saw that, it just confirmed how much my body really wanted dairy. And I just went for it for, you know, a couple of weeks. And then I was like, you know, I don't know if I feel fantastic doing dairy. So I added a calcium supplement, but, um, but yeah, listen to your cravings. I think that everybody's different and our bodies naturally will be drawn to what it is that we need. So that's number two. So first was water. Second was nutrition. 
Um, the third thing that I did was really focused on my sleep. So it's really about sleep quality, not sleep quantity. So the quality of your sleep is super important, especially even in my third trimester, I'm actually sleeping pretty dang good considering I'm like six days from my due date, but I have done little things that I feel like have made sleep a lot easier for me. So first thing is I keep the room really dark. I have um, blackout curtains in the room, so you can't even see the hand in front of your face if you're to wave in front of your face. It's like totally pitch black. And, um, and that's, you know, intentional because if you think about it, if you were to take away all the electricity, our bodies would be in complete darkness at night. It's really not natural for us to have artificial light exposure while we're sleeping. And, and when that is happening, your body thinks it's, it's daytime. So it ends up really screwing up your, your sleep hormones. Now, when you, when your body senses light, it's going to make more cortisol and that shuts down the production of melatonin, which is your sleep hormone. We've done a lot of episodes on sleep. I interviewed Sean Stevenson on the show and he's written the book sleep smarter. Um, so definitely if you're having any sleep issues, that's a really good book to read, but definitely keeping the room dark will make a big difference. The other thing I did is I got a sound machine um, from Amazon. We actually have two in the house because um, Kevin sometimes will sleep in a different room because he goes to bed way later than I do. And I'm just like, I just have to get my early good quality sleep. So I have a different one. The one that I have in the room is really, really loud and it's fantastic. It's like this kind of like a, a white noise, you know, it just, it's a, uh, it's hard to explain, but it's, it's kind of like if you were to turn your TV to like the staticky channel, although they don't really have those anymore with <laughs> smart TVs, but back in the day in the eighties and it just drowns out anything. I also use earplugs, which is probably a gift and a curse because I've kind of trained myself to use earplugs. Um, I don't think I'll be able to once the baby comes, but, um, but if I have the sound machine on, I usually don't need earplugs. Also keeping the temperature on the cool side. I think that's been a huge one. Once it really started to cool off, um, I would keep the, the window open and it would be just a little bit chilly, but the studies show that the best sleep temperature is actually between 62 and 68 degrees. So, which sounds really cold for most people. I tend to keep the house a little on the warmer side. Um, but the colder that the temperature was the deeper that I was able to sleep. And I found that that really improved my quality of sleep a lot. The biggest thing that has, actually I'll get to that in a second. Another thing I did was use a body pillow. Oh my gosh. Especially in the, towards the end of your second trimester and third trimester, using a body pillow was like God hugging me all night. <laughs> it's like getting spooned by God all night. It was just the most amazing thing. So there's a lot of them. You can look on Amazon, see which one you, you know, tend to gravitate to. But I mean, that improved the quality of my sleep so, so much, especially as I got a lot bigger and needed to kind of toss and turn. And once your belly gets big enough and you can't lay on your back, which I'm a normal back sleeper, I had to get creative with sleeping. And so that, that really helped me a lot. And then the last thing, which is the number one thing that has made the biggest difference in my sleep is I make my room technology free. I have no phone in my room. I don't even charge it in my room. I am like finally in a really great habit of I charge my phone in my kitchen and I don't sleep with it next to me because if it's there, I will, I'll be laying there, you know, trying to go to sleep and I'm like, oh, I should have got that one thing from Amazon and I would go and I would buy it. And the next thing I know, I'm scrolling on Instagram for like two hours. I'm just, I have too much of an addictive personality to have my phone anywhere near me. 
Um, even if it's on airplane mode and it's plugged in, it's just knowing it's there. It's like my brain just is like sensing it all the time. So I just keep it in the, in the kitchen and I have a rule that in the morning until I get my kind of like my morning routine, I'm not allowed to look at my phone. So drinking water or writing in my journal or meditation or going for a walk or whatever. I I try not to keep it the same every day because I can get bored if it's the same thing all the time, but at least doing something like to charge my batteries first, to get into that space first, before I look at my phone, before I look at text messages, anything else, um, that's really been helpful for me. So the phone out of the room has been a game changer. Okay. So I talked about nutrition, talked about water, talked about sleep. Let's talk about exercise a bit. So, um, this is going to be number four and five. So number four would be walking. I am a huge fan of walking. Studies show that walking actually can, um, be incredibly effective for treating depression. It also helps to lower cortisol, which is your sleep hormone or your uh, stress hormone. It can help with belly fat, which, you know, you're not really thinking about so much with pregnancy, but, but it just can really help with balancing out your blood sugar. So you're not having that, that high cortisol because the more cortisol you have, it's going to spike, spike your blood sugar, it spikes your insulin, and it just can really disrupt how that blood sugar is kind of playing throughout the day. So walking, I do at least three times a week. I try to do like five times a week. I really should be doing it daily, but I was, you know, whatever, <laughs> do the best you can, right? But walking consistently has been really helpful for me. I do at least 30 minutes usually. And, um, also too, I'll get to it in a second, which is my, um, how I protect my body from EMFs. But when I listen to podcasts, I will download the podcast and put my phone on airplane mode so I can listen to it that way. And I'm not, you know, putting like a cell phone right on my belly, um, like in my pocket, or I actually use a really cool fanny pack. I have this fanny pack that I've had since seventh grade that I'm obsessed with. Um, but I use that when I walk. So I download the episode and put it on airplane mode and listen to it that way. And I don't use Bluetooth. I'll use, you know, my iPhone headphones that are wired. So I don't use like the AirPods or whatever. I try to do everything at least wired, um, without the, you know, the wireless cause it's just more exposure that is just not good for us. So yeah, so I do that from my walking and that's been amazing. I also don't wear sunglasses. I'll wear like a hat just to kind of block it from the sun. But when you walk without sunglasses, your eyes are able to get that exposure to the sun, which helps to boost serotonin. So if you tend to be more on the blue or sad side, getting in that sun every day really, really helps with mood a lot. Also too, if you're not much of a morning person, try to do this first thing in the morning because that gives you that cortisol reset where it kind of balances out your cortisol for the rest of the day. And it allows you to have more energy earlier and it helps you to wind down better at night. So if you have a hard time winding down at night, getting that sunshine first thing in the morning really helps your sleep that night, actually. Um, The second type of exercise, and if you guys, anyone follows me on Instagram, you probably know this, is Pilates. Pilates is my number one go-to exercise. It is my obsession. I will be doing Pilates for the rest of my life. I can't talk about how much I love it. I, I know sometimes people kind of lump Pilates and yoga together. They are night and day different. I, I like yoga for more of kind of the stretching and the mind body part, but I've done both a lot and Pilates by far has helped me so much more, um, with a history of a back injury as well as just like tight hips and scoliosis and like a shoulder thing. It's, it is like basically a chiropractic adjustment while you're moving. Um, I mean, I can't say enough about it. I have had almost no aches and pains 
throughout my pregnancy because I've done Pilates and I've done consistently twice a week with an instructor, with a private instructor. Um, I've teamed up with a friend to kind of help save on costs because it can add up cost wise. But for me, it's just so like, I will not have cable so I can have Pilates, you know, of course the price is way different, but I would cut down on as many things as I could. So I could do this consistently twice a week. Um, I think it is a game changer for pregnancy, for helping to prevent swelling, aches and pains, um, especially for like high blood pressure, just is very, very calming. It helps you breathe correctly. It helps with posture. I think it can really help to prepare your body for delivery and also for just the postpartum period. And I can't say enough about it. I have historically had really bad posture. My mom would always be like, Lauren, stand up straight. And I can't even slouch anymore because my body alignment is so much better just because of doing that. So highly recommend it. I, I do suggest that if you haven't ever done it before, and if you have any injury history that you do, um, some private sessions, you can get some hands-on guidance on how to do it properly. I find that sometimes with the classes, the classes can be good. They can be fantastic actually, but if you don't have the right, uh, you know, alignment and, you know, positioning and, and technique, you can sometimes injure yourself. So try to do some private sessions, at least just to get the, the basics and that, I swear, I could do a whole a whole show on just Pilates. So I've done that twice a week, and then I try to add in one class of that um, on top of it, and then one yoga class. I'm usually doing like four classes a week, and then plus walking like at least three times a week. Okay, so that's the exercise piece. Um, let's see, what else do I jump to? Okay, the next thing would be essential oils. So I no longer use any perfume. I actually can't stand perfume which is so funny because I used to douse myself in perfume. I swear I'd take like a bath in perfume when I was younger. I mean, I loved all the, you know, all the ones back in the nineties, like, you know, sunflower and CK one and fast forward to loving angel. And I mean, I just, there were so many different scents that I loved, but now it's like, I can't even stand perfume because I can tell how much of it is just so toxic and all the chemicals and stuff. So I have fallen deeply in love with essential oils um, I did a couple shows on essential oils with uh, Dr. Marisa Snyder. She's a great friend of mine. She just released a book on um, using essential oils for for hormones. So we, we'll put a link in the show notes to that show. But she made me a special mama blend, and I'm obsessed with it. So I'm going to give you the recipe. And if you guys want to get some oils, you can you can get them and make it yourself. It's actually really really easy to do. So this is a special mama blend. It's all safe in pregnancy. So it is ten drops of lavender. It is five drops of bergamot, five drops of jasmine, five drops of geranium, five drops of cedarwood, five drops of rose, and four drops of ylang ylang. Now, just a heads up, jasmine and rose are quite expensive oils, so those are optional, but you could do it definitely without those ingredients. So you do all of that into a 10 milliliter roller ball. Those you can get on Amazon, super easy. It's just a 10 mil roller. And you basically just drop those all in there and then you fill it to the top with fractionated coconut oil and that is it. And that's like your homemade perfume and it smells so good. It's so relaxing. It's so enlightening or enlivening. It makes you, you know, improves your mood. I just, I feel like a goddess whenever I wear that. So, um, so yeah, rewind it, listen to that again, if you want to get the ingredients again, but super easy to do. If you guys want to get some essential oils, you can go to drlowessentialoils.com. So D R L O essentialoils.com. That'll bring you to, 
um, the website. All of these are through doTERRA. You can definitely use other companies if you like. That's just what I like. I, I really like the quality of the oils. And that has been my favorite thing. So I just roll that on every single day. It's like my, my go-to perfume. Okay, so other than that, what else is on this list? Um, next thing would be educating myself. So I have no experience with babies. <laughs> I really didn't have much experience with pregnancy. It wasn't something that I really planned on treating a lot. I, you know, I remember in school, whenever they would talk about babies and pregnancy, it was always something I kind of tuned out because I was like, Oh, that's not going to be my thing. Like I'll definitely focus on fertility and I'll focus on women's hormones and thyroid and all this stuff. But it just wasn't something that was my passion until all my patients started getting pregnant. And then I started learning more about, you know, treating patients who are pregnant. And then until I got pregnant, I was like, all right, well, I got to learn this stuff now. I was really terrified going into it of, um, how I was going to deliver. I mean, the first thought I would have every morning was, oh my God, I'm one day closer. Like, I can't believe I have to experience childbirth. Like I just had so much anxiety for a lot of my pregnancy and I was planning on doing hospital birth and, um, you know, working with an OB and I just wanted the option of an epidural if I needed it. I just had a lot of fears and a lot of it was like the stuff my mom or friends or whatever culture, TV, movies, things that I would hear about childbirth. And it just was like this, just like this toxic tape that was playing over and over in my head. So one of the things that Kevin and I did is we took a hypnobirthing class, which was amazing. So empowering, just so educational. We learned so much about the history of how women have been birthing for forever until really, you know, birth became medicalized in the 1900s and completely changed the way that things had been practiced. And this could be a whole nother podcast for sure. But there's just a lot of fear that's instilled with it. And when a woman is really afraid, it makes her body a lot more tense and it makes pain a lot worse. So, you know, trying to stay in a really positive, relaxed state. And of course I haven't had the baby yet, so I'll share more (laughs) once, once our son arrives. But, um, but even just doing the class has relieved so much anxiety for me to understand how it all works, you know? And the other thing we did, we took a class, um, just on, it's just called babies 101, just kind of like the basics of like changing diapers and just like all, I swear we have no experience with babies as well as a breastfeeding class. So taking classes really helped, I think during the pregnancy, just to help calm, calm my mind a bit. There's also a couple books that I read. Um, one is mostly just for fun, but, um, let me see, let me see the name of this book. Um, so this book is called do chocolate lovers have sweeter babies, <laughs> which it's really just about it's the subtitle is the surprising science of pregnancy. And it's like total brain candy. If you are a nerd and love to learn and geek out, this book is so good. It's like, you just learn about the cool, amazing little facts and things that happen during pregnancy. And it's not scary at all. It's just more like just getting blown away by how cool our bodies are and our you know, babies and just like really fun little facts and stuff. So that book I really, really loved. And then I'm also reading this book, um, called Ina May's guide to childbirth. So Ina, I N A last name, May, M A Y. She's a really, um, world renowned, uh, midwife. So been reading her book and just reading a lot of different birth stories about positive birth experiences and, you know, kind of taking the fear out of it. And, and it really can be a beautiful, sometimes enjoyable experience for women. So, um, so that was another thing that I did, I think to help keep it healthy in my pregnancy. And then the last couple things here, one is, um, 
addressing the EMFs. So electromagnetic frequencies, I've done a show before on EMF exposures. And um, this is a really big one that I think a lot of moms totally miss. You know, a lot of women will take a prenatal, they'll get their exercise, they'll drink their water, they'll do all the things, but they have so much exposure to their baby when it comes to um, electromagnetic frequencies that the fetus is at least five times more sensitive to these effects than the the mom is because they're suspended in fluid. There's nothing blocking, you know, your ribs aren't blocking and it just goes right through. And so, um, a few things that I did, number one is I actually got kind of drastic and had the Wi-Fi removed from my office. So at shine natural medicine, we don't have a Wi-Fi connection there. Everything is all hard line with ethernet cords. We don't use wireless printers. Everything is all wired. And the staff has said to me, like, they feel night and day different when they leave the office. They feel so much better at work. They were just feeling stressed and kind of feeling like just wired and zapped, you know, like headaches and just really drained by the end of the day. They don't feel like that anymore. I also just recently um, had uh, an electrician and an IT guy come to my house and do some testing at my home. A lot of my, almost all my outlets were not grounded. They were just emitting these different fields. And also, um, you know, we're also working actually this next, this next couple of days to get the Wi-Fi totally taken out. And there's, you know, this is, there's like so much more than what I could say on the show, but getting your home assessed and seeing what kind of exposures you have, I think is really important. Um, little tips if, cause all of that can add up. And if you don't have a budget for it, just little things you can do is number one, definitely turn your Wi-Fi off when you're not using it. There's no reason to have Wi-Fi on all the time. In my opinion, it should only be on when you're really using it. And technically you don't really have to use Wi-Fi. There's ways around it. So at least at night, turning off the Wi-Fi when you're sleeping, that's super important. You can put a timer on your router so it just turns off on its own. So kind of like the same timer you use for like Christmas lights on your tree, you can do that for your um, router. Um, a lot of my patients say that has made a huge difference in their sleep quality. The other thing is definitely keeping your phone out of your room. And if you just cannot part with it, put it on airplane mode or turn it off so you're not having that exposure. Also try to keep your bed away from an outlet source. So if you have an outlet literally right next to your head, you're going to be having more exposure just from the electrical fields in the wall. Um, what else? And oh, another thing I did is I, which I have on right now, I wear an EMF blocking tank top. So it's called belly armor. You can find this on Amazon. And basically what it is, is it has this material around the belly that blocks 99% of radiation to the baby. So whenever I'm using my computer, if I'm using my phone, if I am really important, if I'm on a plane, because planes, you have a lot of exposure when you're in the air to radiation, I would always wear this. And um, just a tip, if you go through the security metal detectors, it will set it off. (laughs) So you may want to go through after you get the metal detectors. What I actually do is I just always opt out and get the pat down. Hey, it's a free massage. And of course they're like, you know, there's no evidence. So I'm like, thank you for sharing, but whatever. I get a free massage and you know, it's always nice to, to get that little pat down. I think (laughs) I'm just kidding. So yeah, so get some belly armor and block your, uh, block your baby from all of those effects. So a really great documentary, if you want to learn more about this is called generation zapped. It's kind of like the food ink of the EMF world. So don't watch it before sleep because you'll get all freaked out and won't be able to sleep, but definitely educate yourself. If you're a parent, if you're pregnant, if you're trying to get pregnant, just anyone really, because we're all affected by this. 
educate yourself and check that out. Um, you can learn more. So the guy who came to my house, his name is Tim Wise. He is just very knowledgeable. His website is emf.care, emf.care. And it's not a super fancy website, but on that website, there are a bunch of different videos that you can educate yourself more about this topic if you want to learn more. Okay. So I have talked about nutrition. I've talked about water. I have talked about sleep, walking, Pilates, EMFs, essential oils. And the last couple of things is getting proper blood work. So I have gotten blood work each trimester uh, to see kind of where I'm at because your body really changes as you go through pregnancy. So just getting like a comprehensive blood panel looks at like your white blood cells, your, your uh, red blood cells, looks at, you know, things like your liver function, electrolytes. I look at a full iron panel, especially as you get further in your pregnancy, your iron can start to go down. And then I also got a full thyroid panel as well. Check my vitamin D. So I've done that with every trimester and you can get that pretty cheap. And like most conventional doctors will run those numbers, maybe not a full thyroid panel, but they'll run the basics. And, um, but especially if you see like a naturopathic doctor or a functional medicine doctor, like those are things that pretty much we're all going to do every time we're going to run a really thorough panel. The other thing that I did that, you know, it's, I don't think it's required for everyone, but I really think it's important is to check your deficiencies. So I run a lab called, um, the spectra cell micronutrient, um, testing panel. So this checks your vitamin and minerals within your cells to see what could be deficient. It's really crazy how each trimester I would check it. There was something else I needed to work on or like, you know, I would take certain supplements or change my diet to help certain nutrients and then other ones would go down. So like I needed to always kind of balance out what I needed depending on my needs. So, um, so that one is great. You can have discounts with insurance. Every provider is a little different. So if you do want to get these labs run, we run them all the time through my office, Shine Natural Medicine. So if you're local in San Diego, we can work with you locally. If you are from a distance, we could do everything over the phone. So you can set something up with one of our doctors and um, we can do all this testing for you. So let's see here. That is the second to last thing. I'm so out of breath. Um, the very last thing is supplements. Now I said this last because supplements are meant to supplement a good diet, a good lifestyle. It's really not like you just live however you want and just take supplements. Like it's going to take care of everything. So, but I do really think that the supplements have kept me kind of having an edge throughout my whole pregnancy. I mean, I pretty much have had amazing energy. I've slept really well. Like it's been rocking for most of my pregnancy. So a few things. Number one is Organifi. So I've done Organifi Gold every night. Um, if you guys have not tried Organifi, I highly recommend that you try it. They have, it's a whole like superfoods company. They make a really good greens drink. I haven't done the greens drink through my pregnancy just because it has ashwagandha, which is kind of a gray area. I don't know if it's, if it's okay during pregnancy. I'll probably do it once um, baby comes because it's a great adaptogen for stress. But, um, but I have done the Organifi Gold, which is their turmeric and, and um, or sorry, it's their, yeah, their turmeric and reishi infused. It's like a gold powder. It's so good. It has coconut in it. It has like this amazing kind of cinnamon vanilla type of flavor. And it's so good. So I do a scoop of it in a cup of hot water at bedtime and just drink that. It's very relaxing and kind of calming. And it just get, puts you in this really awesome vibe. So you can get that over at Organifi.com. It's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And then for a hookup, enter Dr. Lowe at checkout. You get 20% off. So D-R-L-O, you get 20% off at checkout. They also have a probiotic that I love. So I've done that throughout my pregnancy too. It's called... Um, it's called 
uh, biotic, I want to say. Let me look. Actually, it's in my, <laughs> it's in my cupboard. Um, it's called probiotic. Yeah. Yeah. Biotic balance. So it's one capsule a day. It's 50 billion, um, microorganisms as well as they have an immunity blend too. So it's kind of like emergency, but healthier because emergency is actually not that healthy for you. So you can add in that into your water just for an immune boost. Um, they have a, a new liver detox supplement, just really good quality stuff. So you can check them out. The other thing that I've done is red raspberry leaf tea. So I do two tea bags a day and this, you know, I'll let you guys know how it goes after the labor and delivery, but this is supposed to be something that really is a kind of a uterine tonic. It helps improve the, the muscle, um, you know, the uterine muscles to help with pregnancy or with a uh, delivery. And I've done a prenatal. So the prenatal that I have chosen is the optimal prenatal from seeking health. Now, my favorite prenatal is called Mama Shine, actually, at Shine, at Shine Natural Medicine. That's the one that that we carry there. I'm a little bit more sensitive to some of the methyl B vitamins. Most people, like 90 plus percent of people, do super well on that. For me, it's just like it's a little bit too stimulating. So the optimal prenatal worked better for me. The only thing that sucks about this supplement is you have to take a lot of capsules. Like you're supposed to take eight a day, which I can't. (laughs) So I take four with breakfast and three with lunch and I just call it a day. I'm like, okay, I'm getting the rest for my diet. It's fine. Um, But that I feel like really started to pep up my energy as soon as I started taking it. I also take fish oil. So I take the Omega Shine over at Shine and I take three capsules a day of that. And I also take our pro DHA as well. I take two, two capsules a day of that. So it's just giving me the good quality, you know, omega threes. It's, it's really, really helpful for my skin. It's also helping with the the baby's brain development as well. And then I take zinc. So I take 50 milligrams of zinc picolinate a day, and that really can help with, um, your immune system while you're pregnant. It also helps with, um, balancing blood sugar, I have also been taking a supplement called myo-inositol. So I take just a scoop of that every day. And the research shows that myo-inositol can help prevent gestational diabetes. And because in the past I did have a diagnosis of PCOS, which I did reverse, um, you just can be a little more prone to blood sugar imbalances. So that's really helped to keep things stable. And then the last thing in terms of supplements um, would be to addressing my iron. So I actually had been doing iron bisglycinate. Um, which is the vital iron we carry at the clinic, which works amazingly for most people. For some reason, for me, it wasn't getting my levels high enough. I think that my blood volume was just like changing so fast. I needed a higher level. So when I did my blood blood work, I thought it was pretty low. And so I stepped it up to doing iron shots, um, twice a week. So either I could do that in a, in a, um, muscle. So like, as you know, how you get like a B12 shot, it's kind of similar. It's a little bit of a different technique, but, um, but I've done that twice a week, or I would put it in an IV form. And that has been amazing. So that's one of those areas where if your iron isn't getting better, you can work with a naturopathic doctor or with a functional medicine doctor and get it addressed in more of kind of an aggressive way that's, that's safe to do that, you know, your conventional doctor would probably not suggest or recommend. Um, oh, and also vitamin D as well. I take 10,000 a day because my vitamin D was running a little bit low too. So that is a very personal deep dive into my world of pregnancy um, self-care and maintenance and everything, but I'm, I just feel really lucky. I'm 38. It's my first pregnancy experience. I, you know, have felt fantastic. My energy has been good. My mood's been good. My sleep's been good. I mean, everything has been pretty great for the most part. So, I mean, a couple little hiccups here and there, but like nothing really, I just feel very lucky, very blessed. My midwives are just 
over the moon excited They're You know, they say everything is just, it's just great. So self-care, I think can really help to, you know, keep it healthy for you during your pregnancy. And also, you know, the healthier you keep it during your pregnancy, I think it's going to make it easier with the postpartum period, but I will keep you guys posted. (laughs) So with all that said, thanks for joining me. Um, I hope that you guys, if you are trying to get pregnant, that you have the support you need again, as I've shared before, I did a lot of the work prior to getting pregnant to help me get pregnant. So my online fertility course, golden eggs, fertility, it's available for enrollment. I'm accepting students. Even when I'm on maternity leave, everything is up and running. So you guys can learn more about that at golden but this is my six week fertility course. It's for women. It's for couples. And it teaches you about how your hormones work, how to get your body into an optimal fertile place, how to most importantly improve the quality of your eggs and the quality of the sperm so that pregnancy is easier to achieve. You have a healthier pregnancy and healthier outcomes with the baby. So it really is all about quality. So you can learn more over there. And I hope to have you as a student. I'd love to hear your feedback about about the course as well. And um, yeah, I hope you guys got something out of this and I wish you the very best. And I will uh, chat with you guys soon. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love, and I'll talk to you soon.